We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We're the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Immortalize. <laughs> um, I thought we'd slow off the off the rip there, but it's uh, it's all good. We're here with special guest Asana. What is up? How you doing, man? I'm doing good uh, on this Wednesday afternoon. I don't know. Yeah, good to hear. And Puck is with me as always. How you doing, dude? I'm so excited. Uh, it's Christmas in a few days. I have no responsibilities. I'm now on holiday break. This is the last show I'm doing of 2020. And we get to talk with a 17-year-old legend. It's going to be great. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of, of which, we're at the end of the year. Obviously, we've, we're at the end of a lot of play of Valorant. So there's lots of stuff to talk to Asna about. But I think what would make the most sense is starting to you know, get maybe a better sense of who Asana actually is. And I think the first thing is we should clear up how to say your name. Because <laughs> I was always saying Asana because I was like, this guy's got an anime profile picture. I'm just going to lean into the... Japanese pronunciation there, but it seems like I was right. Yeah, you were right. I did watch your casting a lot because uh, I got to go back to the pods, you know, watching it back. And yeah, I mean, I don't really care how it's pronounced, but it is pronounced Asuna the Japanese way because I got it from, you know, an anime. But yeah. Okay. And I owe Golden Boy an apology here because I heard Hiko calling you Asuna. I heard it from Steel's mouth. Have you gotten your teammates to call you Asuna yet? Or are we still working on that? We're still working on that, but they call me just Peter. 
because there we I go mean, just peter I'll, these days yeah i mean a lot of my friends just call me peter because calling me after an anime girl name is just uh, a little weird you know <laughs> <laughs> so can we yeah. talk about that how did you select uh, a female's name like what drew you to this name because i mean yeah. my first gamer tag was rocket master uh yeah. so i can't say that i picked a great one to start things <laughs> off but how did you yeah. choose your first gamer tag yeah, I mean, I was rocking one justified because uh, I it was really popular in ESA back then to use one in front of your name, and yep. then uh, I switched to an anime profile picture. I didn't even watch anime; I just switched to one, and I started playing better. And I just thought in my head, like, what if I just go full weeb? And then, like, I started watching some anime. <laughs> and the first show I watched was like Tokyo Ghoul and then Sao. And I started picking some names, and on ESA, you can't like. There's a lot of like names that are already taken. You can't take them. So then I just tried a bunch. And I got Asuna and I was like, All right, I guess I have to keep this. And then I played a lot and then people started noticing me and I kind of was just stuck with it. You're like, this on. is my brand now. This is where yeah. we're going. So is there any truth to the idea, though, that if I change my my picture to anything anime, I'll start fragging out better? Because I saw Hayes do it. Everyone, even the old boomers now are buying in. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the Valorant scene has, like, Twitter anime profile pictures. So, I mean, they're definitely buying into it. I don't know if the name helps, but, like, I mean, I bought into it. So Something's yeah. working. Something's yeah. working there, Dan. The joke was Dicey switched to, like, he had his, um, on Twitter, had his, like, face instead of an anime profile picture. And he didn't play, uh, you know, to his level, I'd say. And so the joke now is, like, you know, you didn't have an anime profile picture on Twitter. So that's why you played bad. You got to power up, bro. Understood. Yeah. So he switched back. I gotta try this, <laughs> right? I gotta do something and, different. Yeah, that's why I won't switch to a, like a Twitter profile picture of my face, even though people say like, "Oh, it's gonna help your branding." It's just I don't want to play bad. There we go. So we all have our superstitions. If not, if not anime, watching anime. Uh, given obviously, like COVID has restricted everything massively this year. People are watching more, more you know, series and film and so on and so forth. So, like, what what are the what's your favorite like television to watch? To fill some of the downtime recently or uh, overall i mean recently we can I, go both. I mean i'm watching just the seasonal animes like jutsu kaisen uh can't really think of any of or haikyuu yeah attack on titan i'm watching those right now that's about it really i can't really watch much because we practice a lot but i'm definitely trying to you know catch up and then i started reading as well just because why not because dicey got me into it and, Dicey yeah. got you into reading. How does this happen? Pro oh, Valorant players encouraging. No, not not reading. Read. No, let me be okay. clear. Not reading uh, <laughs> books. Uh, more like manga, manhwa stuff like that. Understood. Understood. Okay. Yeah, I, I, we're not that intellectual in the, in the hundred years <laughs> compound. Man, I did. I did at first think that he just got you into into reading itself, the activity of reading. But but that, like, but that, yeah, that makes more sense. The manga angle, I get that. I actually never read any manga myself, although I used to watch anime um, a long time ago. But yeah. Um. Anyway, is there anything else you want to ask on this topic uh, before we move uh, forward, Pocket? Yeah, I just want to know, like, dude, you're 17 years old. You're one of the yeah. youngest guys in the scene, and you're playing with some of the best across the planet, especially here in North America. How do you handle all of this as a high schooler? Like, what is your daily schedule? I know a lot of people, they don't have classes to worry about. You do. So what is your daily routine right now on 100 Thieves? Yeah, uh, when we were, so I'm just going to say, like, when we were prepping for first strike, I would generally, like, wake up around 9.50-ish because class starts at 9.55. And then um, class goes until 2. It's only four hours because, like, I didn't take that many classes, but I just took enough where, like, it, my mom wouldn't be too mad. Right. I'm trying to you know, compromise there. And then the school, I do all my school work there. And sometimes like I'm even like playing 
Valorant during my class time, like during the Zoom meeting, it's like a joke on Hiko's stream because like I show up on his stream and it's like, you know, in the middle of the school day. Um, and then like after that, I try to do my homework and then I have a break two to five and then we practice from like five to seven or depending on like some days we start earlier, like four to seven. And then we have a break from like seven to eight and then we practice from nine to 11. It's really hard. I mean, because like, if you think about it, I'm playing like Valorant, like during my class, during the break. And like, I mean, I'm just playing it all day. So it's really, you know, but my teachers are pretty like lenient in the school. Like I got lucky with my teachers. They don't give that much homework. So it's not too bad. And then I try to go to bed like one and then, you know, eight hours of sleep or something. But, Do you feel yeah. like you're missing out on kind of a normal i i don't want to call it a childhood but a normal yeah. i guess high school routine do you do you feel like you're you're skipping or giving up things to pursue this career i mean i thought that but then like covid came and it's like no one's really doing anything so you know you just take advantage of the situation you have at hand but i definitely did think that when i was like uh decided to do this when i was playing cs like that i was going to be giving up like i didn't go to clubs or anything activities after school so like i didn't do anything like that but i mean and like whenever someone invited me to go somewhere, I'd just say, no, nah, I'm, I'm doing stuff. I have stuff you know, to do. So, I mean, I definitely think that like I, I definitely lost some high school experience. But mm -hmm. I mean, I am where I am right now. I don't think a lot of people, uh, I mean, a lot of people tell me, oh, I don't worry about it. But it's definitely something like a lot of people probably take for granted. And giving up on that is just, you know, it's interesting. But I have made memories of, you know, playing video games with other people. So, it's not too bad. I feel like I can cherish those moments. Yeah, you got a pretty big social network, at least a lot of fans following you. And I know you got some good friends on the team. Uh, for me, like I remember being 17 years old, we would be playing Halo till 4 a.m. Then I would go into class at 830 and I would sleep through first period. Mr. Sluss would wake me up right before he was going to say something that was going to be on the test. And shout out to Mr. Sluss. Do you have any teachers that know about your pro career or do you keep that completely secret? How do you approach this balancing, you know, being a pro and also still being a student? Yeah, I don't tell anyone. And like, even when we travel to LA, I just tell my teachers I'm missing school. That's it. Um, yeah, no, none of my teachers know, I don't think. But I know some of my classmates know because in like, after we won first strike, um, one of my classmates wrote 100T win in like the chat in the Zoom class. So it was pretty funny. And um, a couple of them in my like, IT class, uh, my Linux class or something like that. Uh, they like, told me uh yo are you asana and like i got a couple of snaps so i mean my my, my classmates know so you know but my teachers nah i, I don't like been them. outed okay yeah. and then last question here before we move on dan because i know we got a lot to get through today um i i guess just i want to explain to people that you're not a dumb kid either like this is not a guy who's just giving up on school we were talking about it beforehand you're taking some hard classes some ap courses so yeah. what is the hardest class right now what are you excited to never have to learn about again after high school is over i know you're a <laughs> senior right now yeah i mean i was gonna do computer science uh major if i didn't go pro so at the moment i'm taking ap uh, computer science and also some linux classes and then AP macroeconomics, but I'd say the AP computer science class is really hard because I kind of just like, like it takes a lot of effort and practice to learn like Java and stuff. And I kind of just mm -hmm. gave up, I'd say. So it's kind of just like fell behind and I was just like, you know, class that, yeah. But I mean, I had plans until 100 Thieves came up in October. So like I was keeping up with all my work, but then like that class specifically, I mean, I'll do all the work at some point. It's just, it's going to take like a week of just pure learning Java. Like, I, like yeah, during this like winter break, I plan on doing a lot of my assignments that I fell behind on. Because uh, my teacher right now, he's really lenient. He's like, 
you have all these assignments to do and you got until January, like the end of January. So, I mean, uh, you know, it's pretty chill with him, but yeah, I still need to do that. That's probably the hardest class. And I'm AP macroeconomics is also really hard, like really hard because the concepts. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I feel you there. Well, I hated econ. <clears throat> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you have like, um, so obviously you said like when 100 Thieves came along, you know, things kind of changed a little bit. Do you have like a different view of your future now? Like is yeah. esports something that you could see that I'm going to do this until I am sort of, well, for the next 10, 20 years, I, I would like to be doing this for the next 10, 20 years. Or how do you view your kind of longer term future now? Yeah, I feel like it definitely made me consider this more as an option. I mean, I considered it a lot more when I signed to Immortal, as I'd say. And ever since then, I've been just like gradually thinking about it more. Um, I don't really know where I'll go. But I mean, yeah, I, I just want to experience this. And then like I'll decide like probably in like a year or so, like if I want to fully commit. Because uh, like right now, technically, I'm doing this like part time. If you really think about it, like you know, I'm doing student whatnot. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, but yeah, no, I definitely def it did change my perception than like a year ago when I was like just playing ESCA, CS, and whatnot. Well, I think you can also just realize that you have the opportunity, you have the skill to pursue it if this is a passion, but also mm -hmm. you have a fantastic org behind you and you got people yeah, like true. Courage JD. Uh, Courage was oh. my intern at Major League Gaming before he became the internet sensation that took over Twitch and now YouTube. And I, I feel like he's a guy you can definitely go to and talk about it and Nade Shot as well because they both did the same thing, grinding through high school, being a pro player or a content creator and then turning it into a career. They can give you a lot of great guidance there. Encourage, I got to give him a shout out. He continued to do all of the content creation while also going to college. So don't let someone tell you you have to choose one road or the other. You can pave your own path and do it as, as long or take as much yeah. time as you need to do it. Yeah, I think Kerrigan, um, he's one of those players that also like went to college and played CS. I kind of like when I was... When I got signed up Morals, I actually went back and tried to do as like much research on him as possible to find out like what his path was. Not awesome. like because I'm a fan or anything. It's just because I was just curious how he did it. And, like I don't mm -hmm. know, it was just cool to see someone like actually do it, like play on a like, when he was on Astralis and everything. Yeah, he's gonna. Wasn't it like um, economics as well? Like he did, he did like a masters in whilst he yeah. was. I think it was economics. I don't know yeah, what class, was... but I just know like he did it like when he was flying. He just have to like turn in mm -hmm. papers and stuff like that, and he did that like when he was playing tournaments and stuff like he didn't have to show up luckily so it made it possible for him but yeah grinder yeah Kerrigan's definitely Kerrigan's really awesome i remember doing a podcast with him he's he's great to talk to about everything um yeah. definitely one of my favorite people from the world of cs uh but speaking of the world of cs was that your first competitive experience um in terms of just well maybe even your life it sounds like you're not doing anything in you know relating to sports um you said you weren't doing anything like extracurricular so yeah. was this like the first like proper competitive experience you had yeah uh playing esports is definitely my first competitive experience I, I mean i tried out every single sport my dad like you know see if i had like some innate talent you know for the sport you know but i mean i never got into any where i played on a team or anything so yeah uh i think cs and like valor is my first 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be the most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. 
Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. It's their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And who introduced you to CS? Like, how did, how did that oh, yeah. come about? I think uh, everyone has like an older cousin or brother that introduces you. So yeah, I had a, my older cousin who lives right above me and because I live in New York City. So we have a lot of people in our house. You're He's in my city, like a, bro? Yeah. Where are you at in the city? I'm in Queens. Hell yeah, I'm in Manhattan. We're going to have to hang out sometime. <laughs> All right, once yeah. this whole pandemic goes away. Sorry, continue. Yeah, he's kind of like my brother, you could say. Um, and he gave me his CS, his Steam account, which had CS in like September 2014 when it was getting like really popular. I stopped playing. I was like Gold Nova 2 or something. And then three months later, it started like picking up traction because like the gambling scene, like I don't know why, but everyone just loved the gambling. So people started playing the game more. And I got the game on my own Steam account. And I started playing December 2014, like pretty much sixth grade. Yeah. Nice. How well, quickly did you rise the ranks in CS? I guess, like, did you yeah. start matchmaking? Did you jump yeah, right into the competitive world? How did this start for you? Oh, my December 2014, I played with a bunch of, like, because I was playing Roblox beforehand. So I got a bunch of my Roblox friends to play with me. So okay. we, we played for, like, seven months, like, straight, just hard grinding. And we got to, like, Supreme. And then 7th grade as well, we just kept playing. We only played MM, and it was just, like, fun. I got, like, 2K hours in, like, two years. And then I stopped in eighth grade because I got like a social life and like started going outside more. I just didn't find games enjoyable. And then, yeah. I don't know. Not really much to say. No, that's awesome. I don't want to like keep going on a rant about my entire career. So, <laughs> dude, that's why we're here. That's why we're oh, okay. bringing you on the I, show. We want to learn about this, man. We want the community to know about you. And then when I graduated middle school, I was going to a new school with like only two of my friends. I was kind of just bored in the summer. I was just like playing video games. And uh, I decayed a lot because I didn't play for a whole year. I was like DMG. And then someone like who played uh, ESCA saw me, thought I was good, introduced me to ESCA and everything. Because I mean, I had an ESCA account. I just didn't play it at all because I didn't like really see the difference. And then um, I started grinding really hard freshman year high school. I played like 200 pugs every month. Like it was pretty bad. 
But then I got to like A plus and rank G in like six months. And then when I made the name switch, which was around January, uh, 2017, I think, I don't really know. It's been so many years. When you got your anime powers? Yeah. (laughs) And then like when I hit rank G, uh, which is kind of like, you kind of, kind of, you kind of made it. I don't know how to explain it, but like in the pug world. So like people started knowing me from that. And like, I decided to go pro, I guess, like around August, uh, somewhere like, uh, three years ago now, three and a half years ago now. So it's been like three and a half years of grinding, I'd say. But yeah, and it's just been a upwards trajectory from there. What do you, what do you think sort of separates your, your kind of path to a lot of the other people that you were, you know, ranking up with and against? Because obviously like when you, when you get to a professional level, you're, you're going past a lot of other people that are trying to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's going to be something or some qualities about you that probably separate you and, and you can attribute to maybe some of your success in that sense. Um, is there anything like that that you noticed about yourself where you're like, I'm just better at these things or I just have you know, really good tendencies for, for the game in these ways? I think a lot of people just don't like put in the time. In all honesty, I think a lot of people have like stuff to do, like other responsibilities, but like all I had was school and then like literally from three to 11 or three to 12, like nine hours a day just playing. So I just had a lot of time in my hands and like I literally didn't do anything else but besides play video games with my friends and luckily my friends are also there. So it makes it enjoyable. I mean, yeah, I just think it's just the amount of time you put in, but like it also has something to do with like talent, I'd say. Cause like, I don't know, in my sci-fi class, we started getting into determinism. I don't know if you guys know, took psychology, but determinism, determinism and free will and like how everything's determined in your life. I don't know. This is just interesting to think about, but start thinking about like how everything's like determined in your life. And, I don't know. It's interesting to think like how one decision in my life just changes like my entire trajectory, I guess you could say. So it makes me think of like I was destined to do this, you know, but I don't know. I like that thought. Do you do you feel sometimes like you're destined to do this? Is this is this who you are? I mean, if you do it at a young age, I feel like you're kind of like you have some kind of talent, right? Because like Mm -hmm. not every 17 year old most likely can do this. Um, obviously I'm fortunate that my parents are like pretty, uh, well, they weren't chill with this at all at the start, obviously like freshman, sophomore <laughs> year, but now they're like, yeah, but I, I'm fortunate. I didn't have like too many like circumstances where it would prevent me. Like I ha- I didn't have to get a job or anything, which would have like stopped me. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You're filling up the bank account somehow. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter if it's coming from gaming, right? I love that. Well, I, I think it's awesome. And you, and you got a great perspective on things um, going through kind of, you know, your CS world. When did you end up on your first competitive team? Like when did you oh. first solidify? What age were you? How long were you playing with them? Give us that background. Okay. So it was um, around. So I told you about my Roblox friends. I played with all of them, but I we had to drop some because we were like getting really fa- good fast. So I only stuck with like two of them. Um, and we, they had an open team. They were still playing even when I quit in eighth grade. And when I was entering ninth grade, they actually had an open team, an ESA open team. Um, so we just, uh, they saw I was playing and they like invited me and we started to just play like, you know, and we started scrimming and yeah, that was my first competitive experience. I think I was 14 at the time and it was freshman year. I think, uh, I don't know how how long it was. That was three years now. So it was like probably September 2017 around there. 
Yeah, I think I made my name. Ch- I said earlier I made my name change January 2017. I think it was January 2018. Actually, dates. Okay. You know, time flies by really fast. But right. Yeah. So and I think it was. Yeah. Did you was- run into any current Valorant players or top tier players when you were in that world, or when did uh, you get to meet the kind of the guys you're playing against now? Oh, let me think. I mean, I guess I met. I mean, none of them are tier one. I think I'm like the only one that like played MDL in CS, like at a lower level. Like I know Wardell and like them, they played MDL, but they didn't like, they already, they were like tier two and they were like, most people knew them. They were like actually good. You know what I mean? But I was like in advance when they were like, you know, semi-pro I'd say. Um, So, I mean, I can't really think any off the top of my head right now that are like, I mean, I guess I'm at Caboose. He's like the, yeah, I mean. I would have to look at the teams right now to just see if I can find any names. But like, right? Feel, and I'm sure they've like, all changed names as well since then. <laughs> I mean, like Gen G, actually, yeah, that's the only team I think where like I knew them somewhat from like rank G pretty early on. But then like Sabrosa, FNS, you know, Ordell, all like them, they were like at a different level. They were like they were like tier two, and then we were like tier three and below. Like you know, they were just on a you know different spectrum i guess right. you could say yeah but not if you, if you oh sorry go ahead i was gonna say but now like gen g like uh i definitely knew like when mikhail and like because they played um they played a uh, rank g a lot and i i was grinding that at the time so i met them but if i went through a couple more like tier two teams i definitely would meet a lot like i know xset has pure i played a lot with him and then yeah yeah, I was going to mention that like one of the interesting things coming from CS to Valorant is that in CS, obviously the kind of ecosystem became quite established. You know, you had your tier one teams, as you said, you had your tier two, and it's kind of hard to kind of jump up and yeah. maybe you wouldn't have the, the resources from the org or the invites for the tournaments or you, know, you just couldn't get the experience maybe necessarily or, you're, you, you know, you're not in the right system. Like there's lots of different things that could kind of block you or hinder your progress for kind of making those leaps. But do you feel like there's a lot of players in CS that can come to Valorant that were capable of being tier one if they had the opportunity? It's just that eventually, you know, there's only so many opportunities. And do you feel like Valorant gives uh, people like such as yourself? Because, for example, you know, you're in the tier one level in Valorant right now and you're thriving there. So, you know, do you think that that if you had had the opportunity in CS, that would have been the same story? Uh, I think I wouldn't have made it tier one in CS like this quickly. Like, I don't. I told myself I would stop pursuing this around like if I graduated senior year. Um, okay. And I think tier one CSGO is just like really gatekeeped a, uh, gatekeeped a lot. I couldn't make it into FPL even though I made the minor and like I won MDL just because like the face of admins didn't like me or something. And so like I feel like just that notion where if you aren't friends with the right people, you just can't make it in the tier one CS scene. I think if I kept pursuing this for like another two years, I would have like made it. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I was 17 and I like won MDL or I was 16 when I won MDL, made the minor and stuff like that. So I think like if I kept going, I would have probably made it in CS, especially now with the scene being kind of like dead in NA specifically. They would have to like make some, uh, some teams would make like some adjustments and like they'll pick up the remnants that are left. Like I know CXZI is a good example. He stuck with CS. I don't know if you guys know him, but he played with Gen G earlier this year so he's like getting his own fair of uh success success yeah 
Dude, you've accomplished so much at just 17 years old. It blows my mind. It's awesome to hear. I feel like you're our young Olympian. You're like Simone Biles, except in a red shirt from 100 Thieves. Uh, <laughs> what are you most proud of before, I guess, looking back at your CS career? Is it winning the MDL? Was it finding yeah. your way onto a team that, where you could make money? What, what was the biggest accomplishment for you? I think uh, winning with your friends is probably like the biggest accomplishment I could ever hope for. I I think it's really good to like win. Like winning this first strike was really fun and everything, but I've only known the guys for two months. They're not like my best friends for years. You know what I mean? Even Dicey, the longest player I've known on the team was like six months. So like, I don't know these guys for like too long. I can't, I, I don't think I've got the bond with them yet. Like, man, we went through all this grind just to reach this point. I think the best win I ever got was probably like my ESCA advanced win, which is like a year ago from now. Just cause like I went with my friends and like it meant a lot at the time. And then also on top of that, like, what was I going to say? Oh, man, I had a nice good dog going. Uh, I don't know anymore. But yeah, Winning like your friends is sweet. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely that. Uh, but I feel like the goal is to be like winning with people that you care about. Obviously, I care about my teammates, obviously. But like, you know, I once I get to know them better, the win will mean a lot more, I think. Like winning, uh, if I'm still with these guys in a year from now, winning with them will mean just as much probably but yeah and also being like the underdog yeah that's what i was gonna say if you win as the underdog it just feels a different way i think and when we won in an esa advance it definitely like felt a lot better than like going into this tournament it's like oh the favorites for first strike is 100 thieves envy tsm sentinels it's pretty clear you know one of those teams are gonna win and right. then like obviously our fans are predicting us so i saw a lot of people predicting us to win so it definitely felt like when we won it was like oh it's expected you know it was just like another uh wow you, you know, possibility an expectation okay yeah yeah that's a that's a lot of pressure to live up to i, I want to give a real quick shout out dan to pat is doing stuff in the chat and i want to encourage more people to be like pat ask your questions not only here on chat but also we've now got a new system on twitter guys if you use the hashtag today ask asana we will be going through your questions on twitter we'll be giving you a shout out as always and we will be asking those at the end of the show this one i'm going to jump in though because you mentioned you know, you, you're probably closest with Dicey. You were playing with him before you guys joined 100T together. So yeah. how did you guys find each other? How did you gel together so quickly? Mm -hmm. um, I found them through uh, one of the tier two players called Equinox Mina. He's like a Vietnamese player and he like, just like loves Vietnamese players, I guess you could say. And he found Dicey. He's like uh, also Vietnamese. So they like were friends and then, uh, he introduced me to him and we started pugging. I thought he was pretty good. And then on Immortals, we needed a jet opper. And uh, he's like the first name that came into my head. Gumba also like suggested him. He's our he was our Immortals coach. And uh, he suggested, yo, should we pick up this Dicey guy? He played pretty well on Prospects, which was a tier two Oregon team. And okay. we gave him a tryout and he did well. And we picked him up just like that. And before then, we were pugging a lot. We just uh, played ranked all day. It was pretty... Uh, you know, I enjoyed being with him and we just bonded pretty well because we had like similar interests. It worked out nicely. Nice. Nice. <laughs> it's um it's always it's always interesting to seeing you know, seeing like these uh kind of partnerships uh coming up. And and one thing that's interesting, um, you know, going from you know, some of your past experiences in competition, you know, right now you're kind of you're you've been thrust into this tier one level and you you know, obviously you guys managed to win what is the biggest tournament we've had so far in, in Valorant in its short six months alive. And, it, you know, looking into the future, presumably we'll return to lands at some point, one mm -hmm. would hope. 
Um, is yeah. that something that you're in any way concerned about? Because, I mean, obviously you're on a team with three players that have an insane amount of LAN experience, mm -hmm. but is that something that you think could be an issue? Um, as for, for some people, it's, it does take some um, getting used to. Um, I, well, I, I didn't tell you guys this, but I did go to lands when I was like 14, 15, and 16. So uh, I've been to three lands, four lands, I think. Uh, one in Philly, one in Washington, and one in Boston. Nice. So I've went to a couple of lands. Obviously, they were like 1K, 2K lands, you know, nothing like, you know, 100K lands. It was just like your local lands where tier two CSGO players would go. Um, so I've been to some lands. I think having Nitro, Hiko, and Steel definitely like helps out. So it won't be that bad. And I feel like uh, everyone in Valorant is also in the same position as me. Like they haven't been to as many lands as like, you know, as the rest of my teammates. So like they're not like seasoned veterans. Obviously some of them are, but some of them it's also like their first time being on a tier one team. And um, I think I won't be in the same boat. So like, it'll like, you know, if I am nervous, it'll equal itself out because I'm assuming the other team will also be nervous. So it definitely... Yeah. Are you excited about the idea of playing in front of people or are you just loving life playing kind of from the comfort of home right now? Uh, I definitely like playing at the comfort of my home. I think most people would, but I mean, I kind of like when I think about land, I kind of want to just like visit the cities. That seems like the best thing really to do there. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the fans, that's cool and all. Yeah, that, that might be amazing. I don't know. Haven't experienced it, but I think like, yeah, like uh, I travel a lot sometimes with my mom and like, going to museums and stuff that's like really interesting and seeing like you know buildings and stuff like that i don't know it's just like i want to do that when i go to lands dan i don't know about you but i started when i was 17 mlg would put me on a plane every month and i got to see 12 different cities that first year and it kind of opened my <laughs> eyes i was like okay ohio's kind of cool but these other places are way <laughs> cooler you kind of also i feel like you're growing up in the greatest place on earth here in new york city you have everything at your fingertips <laughs> yeah. but there's still so much more out there so much uh more to explore dan did you do the same thing like when did you start traveling for your career um I think my first lands were, I, I had some issues actually, because I was too young to attend some tournaments when I was first wanted to go <clears throat> to lands, but when was good enough, it's like 2005 or so. Oh, uh, so I didn't start landing properly to, to, until 2006, 7, 8, um, 9 and 10, and I started traveling. I think the my first international land, I played at a CPL, CPL Singapore. Okay. And I was, uh, <laughs> so I was a pretty far, far away for the first one. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny actually, because... Um, I was one of those people that didn't acclimatize too well to the first international LAN experience. And I ended up losing against an opponent and not making top four because even though I was like really far ahead, I got like into this like mental haze of just like not knowing what I was doing. And, and I just like threw away the game, even though I was in a massive lead. Yeah. So, so yeah. it was kind of traumatic from that perspective, <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's uh, pretty special for sure. Yeah, hopefully I won't have a similar story like yours. <laughs> no, you're going to be great. You're going to yeah. be great. Uh, where Where's the one place you most are excited to visit? Do you want to leave the U.S.? Is there somewhere in Asia you want to check out? Or is it a city here in the States? I mean, with Rai, you think of Korea, right? So, like, probably there. I haven't been to uh, any Asian country. Just mainly go to Europe right now. So it'd be cool to experience, like, that. I haven't been to Seoul yet. That's on my hit list. I'm like, I've been in esports for way too long to not be in Seoul. I need to go check that out. As soon as the, we get the vaccines, Seoul, we're coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Japan as well, man. As well as South Korea. Why is I haven't been there yet? Of all the, it's just. Yeah. I think uh, uh, 
living life would probably have to visit some of those countries. I think that's like definitely one of my goals. Yeah, it's. I feel like with Valorant we'll get more of an opportunity. Like CS wasn't really that big in in um, some of those reason, regions in particular, and I think also Japan. I mean, for those in in chat, maybe maybe you guys know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they had something that kind of stifled the esports scene a lot. Obviously, they had a really strong arcade culture, but I think they had some laws around um, gambling that also encompassed prize pools in in anything gaming related. And I think that that restriction created. A situation whereby like you couldn't really hold tournaments there without having like running into this huge government roadblock so i i think that's how it went down and that's why the scene kind of was uh, has been slowed down a lot but but obviously now we've got obviously you know a lot of really good teams in asia and mm -hmm. japan in particular has got yeah. some talent so hopefully yeah, we get some some reasons to go to japan for valor and that'd be sick that would be amazing i'm going skiing as well right after yeah all right, yeah, so Dan, we got to talk about the mechanics here because uh, that's what the chat's talking about. Asuna, is that the freak? Is that him? Yeah, it's him, guys. He's <laughs> on the show. This is what he actually looks like in person. So, Asuna, can we talk about your mechanics? Because you told us you drilled in Roblox, right? Uh, which is basically watered down Minecraft. Did I get that right? I'm a boomer. I never played. Sure, it. sure. I mean, there's okay. a lot of games there. <laughs> Sorry. And then you move on to CS. That's where you you really kind of break out as a star. You win in the MDL, a huge accomplishment at the age of 16. What transferred over from your CS game to Valorant, and what did you have to pick up along the way? Um, I think I was lucky where I didn't get ingrained in like the CS habits, like a lot of these like seasoned players will have. I just kind of like I was I learned the fundamentals of like just playing an FPS game, and I didn't have to learn any of like the I guess like stuff that CS players will have to learn specifically for like you know. Um, the game that they are playing so i learned a lot of like you know just like the fundamentals like trading peaking like how to play off one another like a lot better in mdl because like i mean you learn it when you play the game but it's way different at a higher level and um i feel like in valorant it made it made it a lot easier to transition knowing like how to play an fps game but i didn't get any of like the bad habits that would like carry over like it was pretty easy for me to adjust like how to aim in this game i'd say specifically like I see a lot of players like stopping when they shoot in this game. You don't really have to do that as much. Um, you can just like let it go or even like crouch and like still keep moving. So I feel like a lot of the CS mechanics that are carried over to the Valorant, like I was able to like transition pretty easily because I haven't been like that in like that hasn't been ingrained in me as much. And um, the ability usage, I feel like it, it was definitely hard because like, you know, I've never played any other game besides CS and then like abilities like those, like, definitely have to do a lot of thinking i think it would be, like, be a lot easier if you came from like overwatch or something like sinatra mm -hmm. probably is easier for him to like visualize how these abilities should be used but luckily when i got picked up on immortals i had an overwatch coach gumba so he like helped explain abilities a lot like a lot better and like we just like you know we improved a lot because of him on our like ability usage and like stuff like only overwatch players would know really yeah, you guys actually had a great one there. Gumba, shout out to you, man, if you're watching the stream. <laughs> I remember all of his work he did for the Overwatch League, and he was representing Team Australia at the World Cup at yep. Blizzard's biggest events. Like, he's been there. And then to see what he was building on Immortals is really impressive. Unfortunately, you didn't stick with him on that roster, but I love that he was able to kind of accelerate the play. Did you find a specific agent that you gravitated to right out of CS? Like, walk me through with the first couple. What did you transition character to character? Um, I didn't want to be like, I don't know why, but I wanted to be more of a support player. I didn't want to be like a star player duelist because I felt like that was too like 
self uh, selfish. So I started playing Sage because also she was like overpowered in beta. So like yeah. I thought the best player should probably play Sage and like know what to do and like you know. Uh, so I picked Sage and started playing her a lot, and then she got nerfed, nerfed, nerfed. So then I just like went to raise, and then by that point we were um. And also, when I joined Immortals, they already had a Sage player, so it was like kind of awkward. So then, like, I had to switch over to Raze. So then I started playing Raze a lot more, and like, I liked her a lot more, like a lot more. It felt like it fit me a lot more. So then, I feel like, uh, yeah, I probably just gravitated towards Raze, and then like Reyna came out, and then like I saw Drone playing Phoenix. I tried that out, you know. But I think Raze was probably my most fun, or Reyna. Who do you think you have most hours on now today? Reyna probably. But that's just because, like, I played a raise a lot. And now Reyna's just, like, it's also good for pugs, really, if you're just trying to, like, win and, like, carry the team. So the healing you get is a lot better because then you can just win every fight and then you just heal back up and you're good for another fight. So, like, Reyna's just if you want to just carry yourself to, like, number one or jet. So with with that said, you know, how did, like, once you got signed to 100 Thieves, you know, you've already got this experience from Immortals and, you know, you've already kind of made that combo with, with Dicey, so you guys have a good thing going and, you know, 100 Thieves. You know, I was actually speaking to Steel back when he was looking for players to fill out those last two spots and, and um, he was asking me if I'd seen any, you know, up-and-coming talent or anyone, you know, that he should know about. And and he he's saying that basically he was just looking for, like, two cracked, like, young kids basically uh two people that can just frag um because yeah. they have all of the other bases covered really um so it seemed like you and and dicey were really a perfect fit in that sense uh both yeah. fit that bill and and you know so how how was that process of kind of i don't know if you were were you approached by by steel or somebody else like was there a trial period how did it work uh, i got approached by hiko um he just messaged me like yo we're looking for two players and uh we have a court three right now if you're interested to try out you know just hit us up I responded, then we trialed for like three days. I The only scrim I remember from that trial period is against TSM before the op nerf. We actually took a map off them on buying in the scrim, but it's a scrim, so like who cares really? But I mean, I feel like that kind of convinced them from then on. And I thought like from, it was like early September. So then mm -hmm. that was our trial period. And then they tried out a bunch of other people. I don't really, I remember like seeing leaks of like, I think Ambox Boy he tried out, Ooh. I think. But I saw that as a leak. So I was like, oh, man, that's like my competition right there, you know? <laughs> so, um, but then after a while, we um, got the spot. Like, they, like, confirmed it. Late September, they're like, yeah, we want to play with you guys. And then you guys will get, like, another week of trial. And we'll see if, like, you guys are the fit. But, you know, we did well. We tried out again. And we got the spot. And then we signed October 3rd, I think. So were you on a contract with the Mortals at the time? Was that yeah. just, like... A temporary contract. How did that transition go from going from one org to the other? Um, Immortals. Yeah, I was still with them, and then um, I think uh, Hundred Thieves had to buy me out of that contract, and then yeah. Okay. And and Max, uh, shout out to Max Seven X on Twitter. He wants to know how was the whole experience of joining Hundred T. Were you excited about it? Like, was this a brand that you're familiar with before you joined them? What was that whole process like? Um, I actually didn't know anything about Hundred Thieves or their history. Really? I don't re yeah, I didn't. I don't really follow any of their like. I don't follow any org actually. So, I mean, I had to just so I could be equated with like their history. I just like watched the documentary of their entire history, 
and just like made sure I understood what was happening. And I like kind of got the like after seeing what people wrote. Oh, we have finally have a good esports team. I kind of understood why they thought that. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it was kind of interesting going into Hundred Thieves because like you know you have three really good players. Those came from like CS and like Kiku has been playing since like day one. So, I mean, I didn't really like look at them as like idols or anything because again the only like idol i've ever had in my career is like people i compare myself to which was like ten som and oboe i think those are the only three players i've ever like compared myself and that's because like they're similar in age besides that i've never like looked up at anyone really so yeah yeah that's that's that was actually a question i was going to ask you if there was a any players that sort of you when you were kind of uh, before you'd made it, any players you'd looked at who were professional, yeah. and you're like, oh, man, that that guy, like, okay. it's not that you want to be that guy, but like you're really inspired by mm-hmm. someone in particular. So I guess that answers that question. Yeah, I think I'll just elaborate a little bit more. I just saw like uh, most people, like when they were blowing up, Ten Som and Oboe, like they're like my age. Oboe is like a month older than me. And I was like, man, he already made it. And I'm like, here, like, I'm kind of like falling behind. So it was like interesting <laughs> to, yeah, just compare myself. I don't know if it's healthy or what, but I mean, I was just doing that at the time. And I was like, man, these guys are already in FPL and I'm here like struggling in FPLC and like, you know, stuff like that. So. And yeah, when you say it works Psalm, you, it works. Are, are you talking Psalm from Dignitas or? No, uh, okay. the CS player on energy. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, dude, he's older than you, bro. No, yeah, they both have like similar names. That's why I say PSOM just in case, like to give the differentiate. I like that we appreciate you for that <laughs> oh that's that's kind of awesome i love that you kind of came in not knowing the brand i i feel like it's it's equally exciting if you knew the brand you knew nade shots history you came from the call of duty world like if you sign with 100 t like yeah. it is it's one of the coolest moments of your career it's it's like <laughs> signing with optic gaming like they've got the sickest merch they've got the coolest brand they do the coolest partnerships with with sponsors and for you it's just like you know this is this is the roster i want to yeah. win with the um, only history i had with them was like their cs team which was like the australian players and obviously they like did really well i think and won a major and then yeah it was unfortunate but i mean that was the only like the only thing i knew about them excellent stuff yeah is it, it has it changed anything after you've joined them like are you talking with the staff a lot or is it just really you and the other four players on the team um i do talk with the staff obviously but i mean like Nature visited us a couple of times. That was really cool. Um, but I mean, I just talk with the players because I'm like focusing on my work, I guess you could say. I don't really want to, you know, like, yeah. Dude, you're going to make millions of dollars. Like your brain is in the right place. 100% locked. And I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, when it, when it came to like, uh, you know, this experience of being on 100 Thieves, like what, if, if you ignore the orgs themselves, but just the experience as being a player on the on the five man roster, like what what are some of the differences compared to playing on like Immortals and playing on Triumph and so on in terms of just how it feels to be in the system of this team? Yeah, I think um, the IGLing department, I guess you could say, on Immortals we were a lot more loose and puggy. On Triumph we were definitely a lot structured because my IGL back in Triumph was actually Steel's coach, so he stole uh-huh. a lot from him. So it was very um, like. A lot of the stuff that Steel says to me is like what my old coach used to say, Sheikh Zula. So it was kind of like funny because like every time where Steel would say something like uh, ping pong, I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's just like to, it's like one of those like little niche things. And like I learned that from Sheikh Zula and CS and now I have Steel. So it's kind of like, 
interesting to you know be with him and like learn from him because it felt like i was kind of reliving something with uh back in triumph um, that's amazing sorry can we pause down i need to know what is ping pong uh ping pong is like when so if you're trying to double swing an angle one player says ping and then the second player who's supposed to be swinging with you will say pong and then that's like your cue to swing on the pong it's a lot quicker than saying you ready to peak three two one uh, it's instead like just ping and then the other player knows he's waiting oh, for your pong smart. to swing so that you don't have to do a countdown instead it's a lot that's quicker. awesome actually yeah, I, know, I haven't had that before. That's great. Yeah, I know Gen G uses it for sure because I've seen um, a couple of clips. But yeah, it's like you know one of those niche things that like some people use. And like yeah, and then there's a lot of other terms. But yeah, that was just one of them. Nice. That's that's a great tip for a lot of people out there. Um, <laughs> You're not gonna be able to use it in ranked matches though. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna maybe, make it popular. Everyone in ranked is now watching the show these days. So you just <laughs> give it two months, Irasana. Don't worry about okay. it. Okay. Well. You know, you know, you said that you know you're playing under uh, well all of these veterans. Like, what is has, has there been any sort of um, anything yet in terms of like wisdoms that have been imparted onto you by these guys? Because it because it, it it must be a different feel compared mm -hmm. to playing with whoever you play with on Triumph. I'm forgetting the the roster, so apologies yeah. for that. Oh, but yeah. but there's a huge difference in ex difference in experience. I feel like the game that we're playing is a little different because like technically I'm. Like, I don't want to be rude, but like, I know the game more than them at the, like when I first joined the roster, because like we're playing a different game. So like at the start, I was teaching them stuff, but like with their strats and like stuff like that, they definitely have like that CS background where they know like what kind of map control we should take, what we should do off of this, like stuff like that. But then like with ability usage, I feel like me and Dicey helped them out a lot, like explaining some like, like what people were doing beforehand, before they joined, like what was the meta and like what people were like trending towards. So like, it didn't feel like, like, uh, how do I explain? Like they were overwhelming me with knowledge. It was more like they were just teaching me like the fundamentals of CS in a way. Like, but then I was teaching them how to like, you know, ability usage and Valorant, but they knew that pretty well. They were like, you know, Steel like has some six Cypher one rank cages now. Like, so like, I feel like they definitely like grew. Like, it's interesting to see how they grew as players as well. Cause like they just switched over from Valorant. And I like literally, I remember watching Nitro the first day of practice and then like the second day and there's already improvement like from the first day which was insane to see and uh yeah i think that was like really interesting awesome can we play a little game right now okay are you, are you ready don't be scared of this okay so i'm gonna name a player on your team you have to give me three words that describe them and you only have uh, 10 <laughs> seconds per player are you ready yeah i guess first name steel um smart funny uh I don't know. Crazy. That's very fitting. I like that. I like that. What about Mr. Hiko? Uh, calm, clutch, collected. I don't know. Anything with clutch, really. Nitro? <laughs> uh, dad. I don't know. Caring. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like he's the dad of the team basically, more than like the other two. I feel like Steel is more of our age and then like same with Hiko and then Nitro is the only one like Keeping us together. <laughs> Does it hurt extra bad when you disappoint them? Yeah, just Nitro, <laughs> not the other two. Yeah, <laughs> and, and uh, hit me up with some dicey. Oh, uh, I don't know. He's like, man, I can't really think of anything. Uh, loud, energetic, funny, I guess. I don't know. Asana. Me? Oh, bad, not good. And uh, <laughs> watch his anime. That's a little bit more than a couple words, but you're welcome. 
yo we're gonna we're gonna fix this thing you you gotta stop being so humble i'm gonna build out your brand i'm gonna be working with nade shop we're gonna have a whole asana clothing line everyone's gonna have anime name tags and we're gonna switch all of our twitter profiles we're taking over the world asana it's happening Okay. All right, Dan. Sorry to interrupt. Keep going back to to the doc. We ever run a show, by the way, every episode, and then I just take us in the best and weirdest directions, and sometimes yeah, ruin our plans. But <laughs> I love it, Asana. You've been a great guest so far, and the chat's loving it. Shout out to everyone in the chat again, showing up here for Immortal Minds episode thirty-one. I'm just. Uh, I just. I thought that it would be that Hiko would get the dad dad tag, clutch dad. <laughs> yeah, I don't of know the team, but yeah. Hey, man. It's uh, I, you know what? Like, um, it's interesting with Nitro too, because he's he's the biggest profile player from CS to Valorant. So it's it's really cool to see how he's fit, fit into the team. But uh, to to talk about First Strike a little bit, you know, you guys played, of course, TSM in the Grand Finals. I wanted to kind of touch on your roles a little bit, as obviously you're the duelist, and you know, we we shared that tweet previously, which which kind of you know self described. You're saying that obviously as a duelist, your role is to get your your boomers into position to 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 win the rounds, and yeah. you know you're there to clear space and so on. And you you tend to switch between you know Reina, Rays, and Phoenix, um, depending on the map. And in the finals on the on the first map, you played Reina on split. Do you feel like you know Reina? Like what? Why not like you know Rays on on split, for example, for you? You know what? Why is it that you know you make that choice for Reina? Yeah, we didn't play split at all, and. Um... So that was our perma band, and we were like, since we had like such little time as a team, we had to like, at, during the morning of, like Kiko said, I remember he did the interview, and he said in the morning of, he decided to ask the team if it'd be fine. He plays Raze instead of Breach because we were trying to do a Breach comp, and I would play Raze. So like initially, it was planned that like I would play Raze, but we with the introduction of Icebox, we had to like scrap that idea and focus okay. on Icebox, and so. The morning of, we decided to run a three duelist comp, which would require a lot less like coordination and more individual skill. So Hiko decided to play Raze, and I would play Reina. And uh, yeah, there you go. But I think in the future we might obviously want to go to like Hiko playing Breach and I play Raze because that definitely has a lot more potential than this comp. This comp's more like if you're feeling it that day, you're gonna win. But if you're not, you're gonna just lose. But, yeah. That makes sense. I like it. Mm -hmm. Flashy, but but not as consistent for you. Is is that your mentality? Are you always looking for consistency? Or do you like just the, the comps that allow you to pop? I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, What's consistency is definitely that? better, right? I think uh, you would want consistency, no? I, I think uh, I, I feel like at sometimes though you can be consistent, but maybe you're not going to reach that same ceiling. It's kind of like fantasy football. You know, you got to take the risks sometimes uh, depending <laughs> on who your matchup's against. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this game will ever transition where you have a different composition for a different team, but if it does, that'll be interesting, and like we'll see how that like plays in. But at the moment, I think you want the comp that requires the most teamwork and the highest potential at the moment. But you know, you might want to choose a comp where for the tournament that you're playing, you want to play like like what we did, where you play triple duelist and like you rely on a lot more individual skill. If like on a certain map, you know that your like teamwork is just not on par. And even though you practiced it for like two weeks before, you know that this comp will just be better because like all your players will be comfortable. All your players can like pop off. Do you, so do you do anything besides just playing to, to get your, you know, your aim warm or do any like technique or mechanics training like specifically, or is it just like, do you just like play a lot? Uh, yeah, I just play a lot and like I do a lot of wrist exercises just in case because like it's important to keep your you know wrist healthy, hand healthy because you know I feel like this scene is like 
you don't know a lot about like the long-term health problems, I think. And uh, I think it's important to just like try to do whatever you can to like prevent any injuries. So like I try my best to just like, you'll see me doing like matches. I'll like do quote unquote jazz hands, which is just like, it feels so <laughs> nice to my hands. It's like, just get some nerves going. Um, and I don't know, just like, yeah. But can, besides I that, about, can I ask about arm placement? So you come from oh. Roblox where I'm sure you don't need like hardcore mechanics and then you came <laughs> into CS. So did you have to learn how to position your mouse? Did you just put your hand on a mouse and naturally that's the way you're still playing today? Because um, a lot of people are struggling with this. They're like, how do I get out of silver? How do I get out of gold? And maybe they don't have the best usage of their their arm and, and are struggling with the core mechanics so what what tips would you give them if any to improve their accuracy moving forward um i feel like oh i use an l desk so my entire like basically like wait let me like up to here my entire arms on the desk because i have an l desk so it, like it's a lot easier so it was definitely weird when i went to like the compound because like we didn't have l desks obviously so it's a you know rethink uh, how to put my hand but i don't think it'll like affect you that much i feel like initially it might but no matter what you choose to like you know use how you place your hand definitely it will like you'll gravitate towards it and it'll be comfortable and it'll get to the point where like oh this is the best way for me because i've done it for so long but i don't think at the end it'll be like man your hand placement's bad that's why you're like not the best player in the world i think that's just like excuses at that point i feel okay. like yeah and but it and might help guess- you out and going back to the the wrist exercises, can you show us on camera? I know we're a podcast as well, so I'll try and describe what he's doing. <laughs> but what are the go-tos? What's the what's the Asimo routine? I mean, there's a lot. You can just Google some, but I mean, I don't really – I just do that one mainly. And then, like, other ones whenever uh, my wrist just feels, you know, a little discomforting. But, I mean, like, you can roll it around and, like, whatnot. But, yeah, I feel like it's definitely one of those things that, like, I don't see a lot of talk about in the esports world because like, I don't know if it's like, you know, people are just afraid to talk about it or what, but I think it should like definitely get a lot more research on it because I think it'll be like one of those things where like in 70 years old, uh, these esports players have like, you know, wrist pains or something like that, yeah. which is just not normal or yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you know, long ter- long-term stuff. So yeah. And I know we, we've had a, a lot of orgs. I think like Astralis is one of the first to like throw resources behind their players yeah. and making sure it's not just, you know, their, their in-game performance, but they're taking care of their health and also mental health. And, and it's good to see orgs coming behind it. But a lot of the the players that are just grinding on matchmaking or just playing this game every day, you don't think about it. As Austin has said, tons of people out there who are giving you some tips, but learn how to flex that wrist before you get to the carpal tunnel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also have one in 100 Thieves, actually. So uh, he's like our you know, health practitioner. He's really good. Enjoy What's him. his name? Uh, Edward Cleland. What That's up, his Edward? full name. <laughs> shout out to you yeah, but he's really and speaking cool. speaking of like the the wrist stuff and so on you know your your uh your aim looks like it looks like your wrist aimer with like a high sense mm-hmm. just just by watching you plays it and like maybe even like um a fingertip bass player what what are you doing exactly do you have a really high sense what what is your sense what's the setup like in that in that sense yeah i have a really high sense and i have like a really small mouse pad because I've been using this mouse pad for like six years now, which I don't think is good, but I am. Um, and like the tip I saw, I think like War Owl maybe, I don't know. He said like the way you find your sense is by doing, you're able to do a full like, I'm pretty sure it's 180 on your across your mouse pad or 360, but I'm pretty sure I did 360. And so like I wanted to make sure where I can do a 360 with my left to right mouse pad. And the problem is the smaller your mouse pad is, the higher your sense is going to be. So <laughs> yeah. 
uh, I didn't have a big mouse pad, so I did that, and I had a high sense just like that, and I just stuck with like relatively high sense. And yeah, I didn't even know like so my DPI right now is fourteen hundred. I didn't even know that at the time when I was grinding. So I always thought like, oh, I have a four hundred or eight hundred DPI. Like, that's what it's like set to. It's normal, but yeah, it was set to fourteen hundred. I think because <laughs> I didn't know how to like switch my Windows sense, so I had to like I think I changed my DPI instead of my Windows sense. And then that's how like I had a high sense. It's kind of just like it just happened naturally, or not naturally. It just happened by accident. And then like I just stuck with it. I never felt like discomfort or anything. Uh, it's kind of fantastic. Mm. Like super uh, high sense. Like mess, you were but... able to control it as well as you do, <laughs> man. That's fantastic. Yeah. Nice. Well, you know, we we uh, we talked a little bit about um, you know Rayner. Um, you know, you previously mentioned that Raze is some is a is um, an agent that you. In- it sounds like I don't know if you if this is still the case now into hundred thieves that you enjoy playing the most that fits your playstyle the most and that's uh, you know we saw you playing Raze on binds um, in that grand finals and you know is is there any times you're you're picking a different duelist there you know this is obviously also the grand finals where you got that awesome ace. Uh, with yeah. the, uh, I think, a quad kill rocket, I think uh, it was, or it was at least like three kills on the rocket. Yeah. yeah. Um, are we going to watch the clip? Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, check the clip out. at the same time. All right, we're going to get some audio on it as well. Also, while we're waiting, shout out to Pulsers, by the way, on Twitter using the hashtag AskAsuna. Why does he use such a small mouse pad, and what can we do to get you a bigger one? Do you want one for Christmas? Can we hook you <laughs> no. up? I, I don't know why, but I'm like scared to change my, like, you know, set up. I just feel like okay. I'll get worse. <laughs> All right, we're not going to mess with your system. It's working right now. All right, let's check out this clip. That three! Nice! Nice! nice. nice. That nice. nice! One more! Shower? Make a shower? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Give me this! Give me out. Oh, <laughs> I'm doing it. Oh, nice. see the clip! Where is he? <laughs> oh, this is cringe! He usually defaults B, right? I'm airing and shower for you. Yeah, this guy defaults B. Did he rip He might try to save the off, bro. I have a trip yeah. here. We're, we're broke, and I have a camera on Garden. It's important we don't die. We have yeah, very uh, shit money. No Yo, we're, we're hella broke, yeah. I could drone you. Peter can get the ace, but no one else can do anything. No one else can die. Yeah. 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 Okay. You want me to join you to short here? Peter, short. Short. Red side. Nice! Dude, you know me. Peter, that was the sickest run I think I've ever seen in this game. I think that's a top one play of the year. Have a <laughs> play of the year baby what was yeah, what dude, was going on there awesome. it seems like you guys were in great moods hiko's trying to remind you guys to take it a little serious we got to worry about the econ but then you got steel the cheerleader saying okay go for it bud <laughs> does this does this happen often yeah i mean i think we were in good moods after we won the split because we i'll be honest we went into that match thinking yeah we lost split we're down 0-1 all right next map mine we need to focus on that and we even let them like pick split first because we wanted to like we didn't want to play our map and then lose it possibly and then like lose split and then be down 0-2. Okay. So we like let split go first and then like since we won it, we knew like we won the series right there kind of, you know. I feel like that split map winning it just like killed TSM because it's like, wow, we just lost to their perma ban. And then our move's really good. I think uh, you see like, you know, Dicey hyping me up. You see the team hyping me up. Uh, but yeah, specifically Dicey because he's an energetic little crackhead. And then um, Hiko... <laughs> Uh, the calm guy, like I said earlier, he's like, yo, guys, uh, our money. You know, like killing the vibes, but then still bringing the vibes back up. <laughs> but yeah, 
Go get it. Go get it. And a reminder, guys, tweet your questions right now using the hashtag AskAsana. Do it on Twitter. Do us a favor. Tag Immortal Minds as well. We're, we're growing the social as we continue to grow here on Twitch as well. And I know we got a lot of time at the end of the show carved out for these questions for you. A lot to talk about, though, in First Strike, Dan, still, and, and also with everything wrapping up here for 2020. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, um, you know, some of the last things, though, with, with First Strike is, you know, we talked, you know, already about, you know, your role as a duelist and sort of, I mean, it's not super complicated. Um, is there any, any nuance, you know, coming into 100 Thieves uh, in terms of your role as a duelist that changed? Obviously, you know, we already said that you play Reyna Rays, you know, Phoenix, depending on the map, like, you know, Phoenix made an appearance on Haven. And honestly, you ran through TSM like a tank. But, like the amount of space you were able to, to grab was pretty insane. Um, so so any, anything that changed going into 100 Thieves on the duelist and in that uh, grand finals in particular you know how did how did it feel kind of you know going through the paces on your role um are you talking about like when i transitioned from immortals to 100 thieves like as a duelist or are you talking about like uh, like what exactly sorry yeah yeah so so going into 100 thieves like like did it obviously the role of a duelist is pretty similar but in mm -hmm. terms of being in the system yeah, with yeah. 100 thieves did it feel different okay yeah i feel like i have a lot more I guess I don't want to discredit my demons, but I have a lot more confidence with like Hiko, Steel, and Nitro to clutch out the round, especially even Dicey. Like I've seen them clutch out so many times in scrims where they, it's at the point where like they clutch it out and we start telling ourselves, yeah, we lost that round. They shouldn't have clutched that out. Like in scrims, like we count that as like a loss and we will like, okay. even though we won the round and they clutched it out, it's like, yeah, that's not good. We, we, why are we putting ourselves in a position where Hiko has to clutch it out in a scrim? And I thought that was really funny. And, um, yeah, like, I feel like the space I'm creating is due to the fact that I trust my teammates so much. So, like, even if I die 4v5, they'll still win the round. Not because of the space I created, just because they're just insane. Like, I could die at the start of the round, and I'll be like, wow, I died. All right, the team still got this, don't worry. Like, that's how it feels when I'm on this team, at least. It was... <laughs> I mean, this this is an, an interesting one because this is like a sports psychology thing. But like, <laughs> is there anything going through your head when you're making these moves? Let's say you know you, you are playing Phoenix on Haven and you 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 pop the runner back, or you're not popping the runner back. You're just using the the curveball flashes to get around the, the corners, and you're creating space. You know, charging through garage or clearing through B, and you're you're trying to make that first blood and create and create that space for the team. Like, is there what, what's going through your head in those moments? Because because it does look like you're supremely confident mm -hmm. yeah i think uh well i'm usually following like a strat that josh or like a play that i've done numerous times um so it doesn't feel like i'm out of place or like feels like i'm just doing another play that we've done a lot of times like a lot of these pushes i'd make are i'd say like generally well calculated by steel and he like allows me to you know make these plays and he like luckily i have an igl that like allows me to play in my comfort so i mean yeah Awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's it's working. It it looks pretty pretty incredible. Sometimes just like the like the amount of space you're able to gain and some of the kills you're able to eke out. And I like the point you made about the clutching with this team too. That it's 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 great because it's it's obviously not the focus, and you guys aren't make making any sort of outcome oriented judgments based on are oh, we won that round, but it came down to a clutch, so we did something wrong. That's a great yeah. mentality. And what's really interesting is that in that TSM finals, the TSM had a way better positions overall, statistically, if you look at it, in terms of how things went down across the series. But you guys won so many important clutches. And so it's amazing that you have that to be able to draw from at the same time. Because I have to say, like, 
I think 100 Thieves now kind of takes takes it for the amount of clutches that I've seen as well out of a team in any kind of matchup. So, and I think before I may have may have given that to Sentinels maybe, um, possibly, but now it's definitely you guys. So it's 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 kind of scary going forward. You know what it, what is there left to improve on in terms of 100 Thieves? Like are you guys just like like where what is the next area that you're focusing on a lot? Are you looking at maps in particular? Obviously having a break right now, but but where do you see your weaknesses? I think our weaknesses are like more sp map specific. Like sp I said earlier, Split and Icebox, we still have to work on those two maps. I think all the other three maps were pretty like, I mean, well, we definitely want to be more fleshed out. We definitely want to feel like strategically, we're still not at a good point personally. Mm -hmm. I think individually we're all like insane. It's like really great that we have five good players on a team. Like, I don't know, it's kind of like a miracle, say. Like no one on our team consistently bottom frags. And it's like, I watched some of the like steel or IGL. Normally the IGL does bad, but then like I watched the shots he hits. Like on that, there's one this one round on Haven. He and he's playing Garage, and then uh, Nitro is playing on top of C site. He just oh, like yeah. puts down a, a jet opper that just like dashes in when he's like trying to pop a cage for Nitro. Like he prioritizes the team first, and then he just like flicks one taps the jet and then kills <laughs> oh, the, the way. <laughs> breach. I don't know. It's just insane to watch that and like knowing that my IGL is like that insane mechanically as well as like you know he's trying to think about the team as well it's really good to see um but now like i think strategically we still are not there yet i think we still need to like throw a lot more fakes and like be a lot more like we're a lot uh, we're, i think we're a little too clear to say like um if teams study us they'll definitely know like what we're doing and it'll become like obvious so i feel like yeah i think that's like one reason why we won the tournament as well we didn't have a lot of like tape on us you could say so like yeah. teams didn't really know what to expect from us kind of because we still played like the open qualifier and the closed qualifier but we definitely played like a low amount of games compared to other teams like we went out early in the open qualifier so they didn't get a lot of games and then we in the close we made it to the grand finals which is a lot more games than other teams but we still didn't like you know yeah play as many because we didn't have to go through a second qualifier so we were still like kind of unknown to these teams and that gave us like a little edge uh austin i want to ask you because this came from the chat earlier with the first strike victory you banked forty thousand dollars as a team that split five ways it's not a huge number but it's starting to add up um it's pretty awesome that your parents allowed you to just focus on gaming you didn't have a a job before this but now you're starting to put some money in the bank also being a part of an org we know that there's side income if someone is in a high school or someone wants to pursue this as a professional career, like what is the money that could be made for someone that is in the top tier? Uh, I mean, it's definitely a lot. I mean, like I don't, have, I probably if I don't go to college, I also have like my college fund. So I don't know. It's kind of it's a lot of money, and like you know, I don't really know what to spend it on because like I don't have any like you know anything to buy. I don't have to pay rent, taxes, or I do have to pay taxes, but I don't have to pay rent or like you know car payments or anything like that. So. I kind of just like making money with no expenses besides like food. So it's pretty nice. Must be nice. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, and that number is going to be going up, I'm sure, next year with Riot getting behind it in a big way. Um, and, and then I guess for you, are you excited about that? Also knowing that if you want to pursue college, that maybe you could have a, a scholarship. Would you choose a school for that reason? Or do you think that you could be self-sufficient and don't need to play for a certain school? Yeah, no, I, I don't think uh, scholarships, like, I, I kind of just want to go to good school, regardless of scholarship, because, like, I mean, I'm making a good amount of money, so, like, I don't think college, uh, like, uh, will be that expensive now, uh, if I, like, just, you know, play off for the rest of, like, the seven months uh, until, like, college starts, so, I mean, 
Yeah, but at the moment, I think I'm leaning towards esports right now. College is definitely like I'm still applying, obviously, to keep it open. But mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll like pursue it. You can you can multitask, man. Uh, just take yeah. it slow and have some fun. That's where the social life yeah. is. Uh, going back, to, sorry, Dan, to the tournament side. After the the big event with First Strike, uh, kind of closing that one out. What did you think of your opponents there, and what was different going into the JBL Cup? Well, what I thought about my opponents after the one. Yeah, I guess like throughout the tournament, were you surprised that you guys were able to take down TSM the way you did? Were you surprised you guys were able to walk away with the finals in the fashion that you did? The only surprise I got from the tournament was like, I know everyone says it, but like Envy not making it as far. Um, I thought Envy would be in the finals and we would play them. So I guess that was the only surprise. But beating all the teams that we beat was kind of like, you know, like, oh, we won. Okay. like I think that's like the difference I highlighted earlier. It's like, we weren't exactly an underdog where it's like, wow, they just upset them. It's like, oh, the 100 Thieves once. Okay, that makes sense. Like, that was possible. So I feel like that definitely, uh, yeah. And I think my the way I view my opponents definitely changed after this tournament because I'm pretty, like, I don't know. I, I view a lot of these teams, like, really highly, i say. So I thought we were, like, you know, third best team or fourth best team going into the tournament. But then, like, after, I thought we were, like, a nice little second. So it definitely feels good. Yeah, it's, it's interesting too. I, I spoke to Steel because I did the, um, I played some uh, angles with him in preparation for, for him playing that tournament. And um, he was saying to me as well that like between First Strike and, and JBL, I think he said, it's like he didn't have any, like he, he was, he didn't have COVID or anything, but he was like very drained. So he didn't practice or anything like that between those two two things. So it sounded like you guys didn't get any practice as a team um, between those two two cups as well. So it seems like just generally speaking, your level is like very good right now. But, you know, very quickly before we move on to the Ask Us Anything, um, what do you want to see for the future of Valorant going into 2021? We have the Champions Tour. We have um, obviously a host of new agents that will come through across the year. The next one is rumored to be this lurking duelist, which I think is going to ruin everyone's matchmaking experience even more. But but with Yay, that said, what do, you, but what, you know, what do you want to see? Um. I mean, hopefully they add another controller. Uh, I need. I, I mean, I, I don't know how this agent will turn out. I haven't playtested it or anything, so I, I don't want to make any opinions on it. It definitely seems annoying, though. Uh, the, I mean, I want to see how Riot will incorporate like third-party tournaments because I don't really follow League of Legends or any other Riot game, so I don't know how they do it. But uh, I hope like they understand like player breaks and stuff like that because I, I feel like and like other organizers. Because, like, looking at the calendar, it feels like you're just playing all year long and, you know what I mean, you're just grinding. Um, I mean, we'll see how they do it. I hope, like, Champions will be, like, Worlds, kind of, you know, where, uh, you know, we got a nice little, like, music video, hopefully, eventually in our careers. Or, and, you know, it's, like, hyped up like that. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I think I, we can expect that. Wayland's yeah. all about it, and, and he's come out and said he wants the Champions finale to be on the same level of what you see in League of Legends with Worlds. Uh, what yeah. When you go back to the player break, though, like as someone who has been grinding since the age of, what, 15, 14, what are you looking for? What, what kind of break do you want? Because I know Hunter T is doing that right now. You guys are on a yeah. break until January 11th. So what would it be like for you, though, in the ideal world? I mean... You just don't play any tournaments and you just like chill and relax. Like during the winter holiday, you go back to your family and like, cause like when you're pl- like, cause for sports, like, you know, they have off seasons, you know what I mean? They have like a period where they can like, you know, relax and like take in everything. So I feel like uh, esports might be one of those career like spots where like 
they don't have that right now. It's a lot more like, oh, third-party organized. Like, I'm thinking about CS, really. Like, oh, we can fit a tournament in here? All right, let's do that. Like, they don't really look at, like, oh, wow, this team has been playing for seven, you know, months straight. Let me uh, make sure that we can't put a tournament here. You know what I mean? Like, so I feel like um, some of, like, those stuff need to be addressed maybe in the future. But definitely not, like, the top priorities. Just, like, you know, one of those things that would be nice, like, you know, little life improvement do you, do you want 15 days off 30 days two months three months what's the ideal break for for a high scorer who's still grinding um i mean like it depends on how often but maybe like two weeks every two two times a year i don't know so okay like winter and summer maybe i like that yeah that that sounds necessary for everyone on the production side included <laughs> <laughs> can only imagine yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things too where like in CS, it's just such an open system that there's like yeah. no controls and and no one really thinks about the fact that, you know, like in 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 conventional sports, it's like a physical thing too. So your team's going to eventually, like everyone's going to be physically wrecked if they don't have the right recovery. But in esports, people kind of overlook like a bad performance, you know, just as a bad performance and they don't understand that it can also very much come from the fact that they're not rested, like it impacts yeah. you mentally as well. So it's... It's uh, conveniently being overlooked, unfortunately, in CS, but we'll see if that's different in Valorant. Um, I think we should get into the Ask Us Anything, Chris. What do you think? Yes, I love it. I love Wait, it. Wait, I want to add on to that point really quick. Go ahead. Sorry. Right, go, go for it. Uh, Valorant already has this kind of problem because like with the Ignition series, like we were told like there would only be like three or like something like that and they'd be like spaced out evenly. And like we just played like five tournaments in a row every weekend and it was so like tiring. I think um, I remember Shinobi talking about it as well in a different show and like i don't know the valorant hopefully doesn't go in that trajectory but we'll see that's all all right all right hopefully it'll be a bit better this uh 2021 <laughs> yeah um but okay chris what what you got for me all right the first question just because it's the very first person to use the hashtag uh it was asana what is your favorite color oh what's well, my favorite color probably like scion or light blue i don't know it's the only color i really enjoy i mean you can tell my by walls like uh it's light bluish, and then I have a dark blue couch slash bed. So I mean, yeah. Uh, next one is you mentioned that you listen to music while you game. Do you still do that? Oh, is yeah. this just while you're streaming, yeah. while you're while you're pubbing? Talk to me about listening to music, and do you do anything different for the tournaments? Okay. Um. I mean, I think playing a lot of pugs requires a lot of mental, you know, like strength. And music definitely helps you out with that. Um, like when you make a bad play or your teammates are tilting you, it's nice to just like, you know, you're like just stunned by what just happened. And then you just hear your music and it's just like, oh, okay, there you know, I'm fine now. Um, it's just nice, like calming, I guess. Uh, I don't do it in matches because I don't get tilted or like, you know what I mean? Like maybe I play bad, but I won't like, you know, I'm not mentally going to go out of it. Besides when I play like a pug where like I played eight in a row and like, I had three back-to-back -back games I play bad. I feel like I'm a lot more harsh on myself during matches because, like, I think in my head when I'm in a match, like a, a pro match or, like, you know, finals or something, I think in my head, like, me getting upset won't improve my teammates. It won't help at all. So, like, the least I can do is calm and, like, try to bring something to the table, like, you know, strategically. So, like, I try to do that if I can at least. Um, and if I'm playing well, then, like, I just want to, you know, do that on top of that, stuff like that. Nice. That was uh, from Linksy. Shout out to Linksy on Twitter, guys. I'm taking these all from Twitter at the moment. I also see you in chat. Dan, I'll let you get the chat questions. Uh, this next one. Oh, no, Nas. How is Steve doing? How's Steve doing? Steve. I don't know. We, we talked to him the, the entire time, actually. We, he was in our, I think, 
two one game, our Sunsol game, and our hundred or TSM game. So I don't know. He's pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, I see a question on the series though. Though, how did he yeah. get scouted by Immortals? How was he contacted? We answered that a little bit earlier, but I'll repeat it. How did I? Get, oh, I didn't answer how I got scouted by Immortals actually. Um, so in when people were transitioning from Valorant to CS or CS to Valorant, they were um looking at MDL players mainly, and so uh. You know, a lot of people knew that like MDL players are like the next best thing in Valorant to be pro. So like you have a lot of players like you see now that played MDL or like at least touched it. Like, and so Immortals scouted a bunch of players. Like they did like their own like thing where they like tried out a bunch of like if you were like a Mortal three plus or something, you got like a ten man for Mortals and like the coaches would look at it. Whatever. I don't know how that worked, but they got Gangsta. I know for sure they got Bjor, who's not on the team anymore, but. I know mm -hmm. they did. And then they also got JC Stanny. Those three players. And um, I was playing with JC Stanny. Actually, I got to like Immortal 3 with him and I was queuing with him. Gangsta knew me from CS. We played a, a lot of like a lot together. We were actually like not friends at all. We kind of like hated each other. But Ooh, I mean, rivals. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, we just like shit talked to each other a lot. And so it was just like, yeah. But I mean, if we're on a pro team together, we're just going to, you know, obviously set aside those differences. But yeah. And then Bjor just like, uh, he played CS, but he was like in main actually, like even lower than MDL. So like we didn't know him that well, but he was still really good. And like yeah, um, but they recommended me to Gumba because I was like at that time I was like like I don't know really good in pugs, and like they saw that, and so they picked me up because of that. Like Gumba just got a recommendation, I got a tryout, and then yeah, I mean it worked out. Yeah, Dan, you so got we, more in the chat. Go ahead. Yeah, so, so we had a question from Doom Bros, but I think this was already answered. So I just want to quickly cover that. Doom Bros, who's the uh, coach of FPX, um, asked, how long of a break are you guys taking now over winter? And I think you said till January of the 11th, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, okay. we're take, yeah, we haven't, like, uh, we stopped practicing. I mean, we we just took, like, because we were traveling and everything. We did content the day before. We stopped practicing since, like, first strike after that we won it. And then we went to the JBL tournament. We just, you know, played it um and now we're just like chilling relaxing and obviously all of our players are still playing the game like it's not like like i see hiko streaming you know every single morning i don't know how that guy does it mentally <laughs> like i can stream like one day and i'm just done for the month that's it that's all i'm here for yeah that's like so hard for me i don't know and like now that you can't even listen to music i don't know like how he does it but yeah yeah, I think he just checks the bank account in the morning. He's like, yeah, I can have a 20 hours. <laughs> nah, sometimes your mental, I don't know, if I was him, I'd take like way more breaks, like, you know what yeah. I mean? But no, he doesn't. I'm with you. And then like, he doesn't even have to be a pro player, you know what I mean? He's already making um, a lot of money and like he's well off, but he still chose to go pro, which is like, I don't know, crazy to me. I, I don't know what went through his mind to, you know, be a pro player, but, you know, he's, he's on my team, so I'm happy. Yeah, you got that competitive drive. This one's from Jami05, a.k.a. Johnny. Uh, what do you think is the ideal agent for you? What would it be like? Best agent abilities for you if you could handpick or yeah. custom create an agent? Who yeah, fits this reminds me of Dota 2. I don't know if you guys played Dota 2, but they had like uh, they have a game mode where you can pick abilities from every single like hero. It was like really cool. Um, I definitely would have to include Raise Grenade, right? Um, maybe the Raise Boom Bot as well. Um, and then the way the Reina ability works is that it's actually two, like the E and the Q. So that's two abilities. So I, I can, I'll probably just take like, I guess the E or the way, yeah, the heal, sorry, with the Reina ability. Not, I don't need to dismiss, but yeah, either that or the Sage heal. It depends on which one is more like needed. Cause I, I don't know why, but I, I hate playing agents that can't heal themselves or heal 
you know, in general. Because, like, it feels like after I get one kill, I'm just, like, kind of just dead because I have, like, 30 HP, 60 HP. Um, yeah, and then the ultimate, you can't take Showstopper because you don't have Satchel, so it's really hard to utilize that. Good point. Good um, point. You'd probably want to take, like, I don't know, maybe a Rez or a Rainol, but probably, I mean, maybe even Phoenix Alt, something like that. I don't know. I guess, like, Phoenix Alt, and then, like, yeah, just see how that goes, I guess. Yeah, give you run it back and then let you heal yourself later. I think this is probably the best character ever for Asuna. Yeah. I like that pick. <laughs> yeah. Dan, you got another one for us? Um, it's obvious asks, and we, we actually, I think, do this one every week anyways, but what are the top <laughs> teams in North America Valorant right now? Yeah, I was expecting this them? question. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I have to give us first, right? But, I mean, Sentinels could be argued, so, I, I, okay. you know, they're definitely second. They're, like, I think we are the top two teams, and it's, like, yeah. And then TSM, and then I'd say... Like, I want to put MV4, but, like, it's hard for me to do that now because I'm considering scrims. That's, like, a big problem, and I, I won't consider scrims. So, I think my fourth team would have to be T1. I think. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, they, they if also... You cons- if you were considering scrims, who moves up and who moves down? I mean, Envy, right, moves up because Envy, like, we're really good in scrims leading up to first strike, but, you know, in matches, they just aren't the same i mean and also they like on this show specifically i saw they ranked us number four or something and then we 13 owed them so i mean i kind of <laughs> have to I, I have to put them a little bit way lower now because of that so i mean i, I didn't like that <laughs> i didn't like that either no no i i appreciate the the rivalry yeah. that's brewing here so continue I'd on say, please yeah i'll do top five right or top 10 what was asked top five uh, is, top yeah. five. whatever you're comfortable with okay because uh, if i do top 10 it'll just get like a little like you know all right so let me repeat that uh us 100 thieves then sentinels then tsm then t1 and then envy probably envy number five yeah nice is there anyone that you think is amongst that group like, is there, first of all, is there a tier cutoff in that top five? Oh. And then who is, who are the next few right below it? Um, I think there's a tier cutoff in like either between like TSM and T1 or between TSM and Sentinels. Like either the top two or top three is like definitely way different. Uh, definitely top three. There's definitely like a gap between like, I'd say like the fourth spot and the third spot. And then like there's a, I wouldn't say as big as a gap, but there's definitely a bigger gap between like TSM and Sentinels. I feel like, Whenever we play against Sentinels, it's definitely like a lot harder than TSM personally. But I right. mean, I don't know how people view it as like from the outside looking in. Like I don't know how the analytics see it. And then for the, uh, I'm assuming you're asking for like the six to seven eighth spots. I guess like below that would be like Cloud Nine Immortals. Phase impressed me in the JBL tournament. I know a lot of teams weren't like taking it as seriously as First Strike, but it's still a tournament, and they did really well. So it's interesting to see how they will do, and especially if they get a good like. I, they were talking about like, getting a CS coach, so it'll be interesting to see how like they improve off of that. Because obviously, mechanically, all those players are really good. So it's just going to be interesting to see how they like you know do that side. Um, yeah, Cloud Nine Immortals phase uh, and Box. It's hard to put them because they've had also their own tragic circumstances for most of these tournaments. Like um, I think Poach got ill during the qualifier and they yep. couldn't qualify for strike, so that was unfortunate. And then like recently, they were supposed to play in the Knights tournament, and I was going to like you know watch them play, but they backed off so yeah um but yeah i think like i mean i i don't know how to rank any like gen g dignitas i mean like i watched them play gen g and dignitas they look good you know what i mean but it was against tier two opponents so it's like hard to put them on a spot as well because i haven't seen much from them in like tier one against tier one opponents to say because like a lot of like we've 
haven't played that many matches i'd say that matter like uh because a lot of these matches were like seeding i'd say so it's like really hard to put these like teams down on like a point i'd say so yeah i don't know there's a lot of teams like that could easily like i mean like cloud nine made a roster move so like they're definitely going to be improving a lot and we'll see how like they make their roles work because they just lost their igl and like who's going to pick that up and then like what's leaf going to play if he joins that team um yeah I love that you're not afraid to dive in deep here. Asuna, fearless, as always. Oh, I mean, out I'm just game. talking. No, it's good. It's great. The chat's <laughs> loving it. Uh, can I jump in here, Dan? This next one's Dude. from Bruh, and I kind of have the same question. So Mr. Meast on Twitter wants to know, are there any other pro players who you have a tough time facing in ranked, or I would want to know, in tournaments? So yeah. who who do you have a tough time against? Is it a, Is it someone in a similar role? Is there anyone out there? Who would you call out? Um, I mean, the only player, like, I mean, I'm not really scared of anyone, really, because, like, I'm entering, you know, I'm pretty confident, I'd say. Um, No one really, like, strikes me as, like, man, I can't win a fight against them. I mean, I thought about that with Envy when we first played them. Like, I was limit testing them in the finals, like, in the close qualifier. Um, But they were, like, really good that day. But, I mean, now we just 13 0 them, so I don't feel that anymore. Um, Sick, I feel like... If he played Duelist more consistently, I'd definitely be scared of that guy, but he doesn't. So <laughs> it's a burning off my chest. So I don't have to worry about that. Like he plays Breach on Ascent and Sky and Icebox. It's like, thank right. the Lord. Holy. <laughs> I don't have to face him on like, I don't know, Raise Rain or anything. So it's nice. I, I'm not really like scared of him whenever he plays Sky or Breach. But when he played Phoenix on Haven, that was definitely like scary, I guess. But I mean, you, you get used to it as time goes on. And like, I'm not, it's not like it changes me. It's just like, oh, six on Phoenix now. He's going to play a lot better and a lot more like, in my face than he would with sky and breach you just like right. take mental knowing that all right well mike asks do you think having your performance coach ed has made a clear impact on the team and do you think orgs will slowly gravitate to having performance coaches yeah i think uh you will definitely have more performance coaches i just don't see how like they wouldn't help you know what i mean like they definitely don't hurt the team in any way and the only thing they can do is help i mean the clear impact is very hard to draw a line on um because like you don't you can't like go back in time and be like all right let's try this out without the performance specialist you know what i mean like he just like it's like really hard you, you can't measure it you know you can measure like someone's stats and stuff and be like oh this player is like doing really well but then with performance specialists it's really hard i mean he definitely helped me because it's nice to have someone to talk to that isn't on the team um mm-hmm. that like you know what i mean has like a uh say on you know he's like his own person kind of and he's just there to help me out so it's nice and uh he definitely has a big impact on my teammates i'd say uh especially like hiko and like steel you know the older guys because like you know he's taking care of them and helping them out health wise which is really important and like i think that's where my notion of like health being really important comes from because like hiko and steel really take care of their health and i think that's really important and then like he also ingrained in me that health would be important so like yeah this next one comes from Kelvin. Shout out to Kelvin, one of the longtime supporters of Immortal Minds. How much attention do you play or do you pay to the Asian scene compared to EU or NA? And I guess let's just open that up. How much of the other regions are you watching in general or are you only focused on NA? Um, I don't really like, obviously I don't watch the tier two Asian scene, but I do watch like, you know, their grand finals, their stuff like that. Um, specifically vision strikers. Um, we steal a lot of strats from our, I don't want to use steal. We borrow some strats from vision strikers. Um, they were the first like team that really invented or not invented, but like showed like that breach and like jet dashing, which I know sounds like 
you know, really dumb, but like Jet and Breach Flashes can work really well together and they can like really open up the round. And mm -hmm. a lot of their strats we steal. Like I know we do one on Haven, one on Split specifically that like, well, if we ran a Breach on Split, we would have, but um, we use some of their strats. And then I keep an eye on Jupiter. That's the only team in Japan that I've like watched. But besides that, and like, yeah, I mean, I watched the Korean games just because uh, I'm thinking like League of Legends where like Korea will all of a sudden be insane at this game. But I mean, just in case, you know what I mean? Just gotta, yeah, anytime uh, someone's 77 and 0, I'll pay attention to them. <laughs> like, what are they doing right over there? Yeah, like, I mean, you have to think the competition, but I mean, they're definitely doing something correct. You know what I mean? Um, and then the EU scene, uh, it was interesting watching the finals because none of like the, it made me like, kind of realizes how competitive the scene is because I'm not there and like looking in from like the outside you see G2 winning a lot and then they like lose early and then like you see Liquid lose early and then you see FPX lose early and it like kind of changed how I view the region because if these teams are able to do that then like you know the, the region might be competitive because like I think earlier I thought like how oh the region isn't competitive because G2 is winning everything but I mean and like they're streaming their games and like you know why not but it's interesting to see like the take that G2 has because like they must think that like that wasn't a fluke because they replaced David P and they think that they can improve a lot more off of this like replacement. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think, I mean, unless you have time to squeeze in another quick one, Chris, if you have, if you have anything in mind, I think it's, it's time to uh, close the show. Where you got, at? I've got one more. This All one right. from COVID Curtis, AKA Curtis, the rocker was dicey sage just for fun or are we going to see more of this in the future is sage coming back in na <laughs> um i actually don't know because we haven't discussed anything after like you know we don't we haven't really discussed our comp after like you know what i mean jbl or before jbl it was just one of those things in the moment so i don't know if we will uh depends on how the team views it um i thought it was pretty good uh it depends on how kwan obviously takes it like because obviously he definitely would have a lot more fun on jet and like sage is a lot more like you know limiting for him so it depends on like how he feels. Obviously, he'll do what's best for the team because he's like that. But, you know, I, I have no idea, actually. I mean, we might run it. We'll see how scrims go with it. All right. Final question for me. Uh, I've definitely become a fan after talking with you today. <laughs> much bigger fan. Already a fan of 100T. Um, tell me, where can we catch up with you in the future? Like, what's the best way for your fans to now follow you, even during this time off between now and January 11th, where we'll see you guys back on the practice field? Um. I mean, my Twitter, and then, like, that's the only thing I really use at all. I mean, I read all my, like, DMs, but I don't really, like, yeah, respond to all of them. And then, uh, I guess the last would be my Twitch if I'm ever streaming, but mm, I don't know. That's a miracle if that happens. <laughs> all right, man. It seems like you're doing enough. You're crushing school. You're crushing the interview today. And, of course, you're crushing the tournaments. Thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate you having me here. Yeah, it was an absolute pleasure to have you and to also have all of you guys in the chat as well. Thank you for joining us live. Of course, we'll be uploading this shortly to all of the podcast platforms as well. So make sure that you're following those if you like to digest our material through audio-only formats. And of course, YouTube, we always release the next day. So make sure you're following us on YouTube as well. And of course, we have sort of an intermittent schedule. It's like holiday scheduling, as it were, but I presume in January, we'll go back to a consistent schedule yet to be uh, decided fully, but you can always figure out what we're doing by staying on top of our socials. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and you can also join the Discord and uh, directly tag us if you want to ask questions uh, to us and also to hang out with any of the other uh, people that are fans of the show and are hanging out in the Discord. Um, I think that's all for myself. 
Puckett, what are you going to be doing over the next couple of weeks? Man, I am unplugging for four days, and then I got to shoot in Times Square, and then I'm unplugging for four more days, and I work 16 days straight. But then January 19th, we're going to be playing a lot of video games. Uh, and I just want to say one more time, shout out to Austin. In the middle of the school day, he is joining us live. Can we get a pog in the chat as we close out the show tonight? You guys are the best, chat. Love you. <laughs> Thanks so much, everybody. We're going to be hosting Hiko, and that is all from myself, Asana, and Pocket, and we'll see you on the next one. Cheers. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh. Got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.